It's been rumored that the Clinton campaign has requested that questions in tonight's debate among Democrats focus on issues, not Hillary. Will CNN comply? And we'll talk with an investigative reporter who says there's a shadow army within the government out to undermine President Bush. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. He's the problem, not the solution. Iraq is George Bush's Vietnam, and this country needs a new president. All right, that's Senator Teddy Kennedy some time ago saying that Iraq was President Bush's Vietnam. Was this a self-fulfilling prophecy. Has Kennedy, have others, been undermining the war effort? We've got an exciting guest coming up, Penna. Dr. Johnson, it wasn't long ago that we interviewed Bill Gertz, and he is an investigative reporter uh, of high reputation, and he told us that there's a contingent of government officials within the CIA, the State Department, and some of the congressional staffs, and that they're out to sabotage the Bush administration. In fact, I think his book was called Sabotage. Well, now there's another very credible journalist, an investigative reporter, Ken Timmerman. He says the exact same thing, and so I'm wondering, you know, is there really something to this? And should it surprise us, we're going to talk with Ken Timmerman about his new book, Shadow Warriors. Okay, and this show is about the Christian worldview, and we know we're in a different kind of a battle, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And we are still reeling last night from the battle for truth, beware of false prophets. Our town hall out at Crossroads Christian Church, were you there? Did you listen to it? And we're still receiving Tons of emails, and uh, later in the program, we're going to get to a couple of those emails and talk about how the meeting went last night. Talk about how you can get a CD of that event, so stay tuned if you want to follow up on the town hall. But there is breaking news today on the national election front. In fact, a lot of people have been endorsing candidates, particularly Huckabee has picked up some important endorsements lately. And uh, here is James Dobson, though, addressing a rumor that he is about to endorse Mike Huckabee for president. I'm not endorsing anybody, neither Huckabee nor <laughs> anybody else at this time. All right, so that's James Dobson He just saying told you. He's not going to do it. And he said that on his radio show, and he said a couple things. Number one, not now. 
and number two, never on this radio program. So he's focused on the family program. He would not endorse anybody on that program. But remember, on Jerry Johnson Live some time ago, he said who he wasn't endorsing under any circumstances. And let's be reminded of who he's really against. Speaking as a private individual, I would not vote for John McCain under any circumstances. Okay, so Dobson's saying, not Huckabee now and not on my radio show, but he said on Jerry Johnson Live he would never uh, endorse John McCain. Well, there's other news on the Republican front. Fred Thompson. Fred Thompson picking up a major endorsement from the pro-life organization National Right to Life. Here is Executive Director David Osteen talking about this major endorsement. This is the first endorsement in the Republican race from a major grassroots pro-life organization representing 50 state organizations and about 3,000 chapters. All right, and I've got another soundbite that we're going to hold until later, Larry. But uh, we have an exclusive interview with Judge Paul Pressler later on the program that you're going to hear. And we're going to ask him about Fred Thompson's strategy, not of constitutional ban on abortion, not of a constitutional ban on homosexual marriage, but Fred Thompson's federalism strategy. Will conservatives accept this strategy? And we asked Judge Pressler about that. And we also... um, Ask Judge Pressler about Pat Robertson endorsing Rudy. So you don't want to miss that at the half hour. But tonight, tonight in Las Vegas, a gamble. The New York Times says this is a gamble. No, it says a chance (laughs) for Clinton to undo damage. The New York Times indicating that Clinton suffered some damage in the last Democrat debate. We have another one tonight, Penna. Well, she took two or three or four or five or six positions on one issue, and she's been criticized (laughs) for it ever since. Uh, So is she going to come down one way or another on things? Also, there have been accusations about her planting softball questions at her events, so we'll talk about that. And on the line with us, we've got Carl Jeffers, and he's always great to talk about Regarding these things, Carl, thanks for joining us. Oh, delighted to be here with you, Heather, and hello to Jerry. Okay, it's Penna. What do you expect tonight uh, from Hillary? Do you expect her to be consistent, tough, what? I expect her to be both. I I think, uh, one, uh, you raised two points just in the introduction that that probably need a responding. She didn't take two, three, four, five different (laughs) positions on the same issue. She uh, took essentially two positions that that were not inconsistent, but which were interpreted as being so. She said that she thought that Governor Spitzer's idea for the illegal immigrants uh, having driver's license was a good idea for him to do in New York. And then she said, as president, I would not support that. That, that. Those are, in fact, compatible positions. But it was interpreted by the Democrats as having endorsed it and then not endorsed it, and then she wasn't able to recover from Well, you that. know, she's the most experienced and smartest uh, mm-hmm. can- female candidate around. You think she would have realized she was going to be attacked on taking two sides or at least something that would look like two sides of well, one issue. Well, listen, uh, Tennis, she has had to deal with as all the candidates have had to, except for all the, the bad boys that are every, ganging up on her. Every other week, and and she did acknowledge that she wasn't at her best, and and that was in fact the case. If you have ten debates, you're not going to be an A plus all ten, and this was her one. Now she cannot afford to have a second one tonight where she has a slip up. That's she's that's been sure. she's been practicing for a couple of days. She probably will be on her best behavior tonight. Uh, well, the Republicans had a 
great number of days to practice because they've been sparingly uh, scheduling only one every couple of months so that the people really aren't getting a chance to really hear their views, and they're doing that deliberately. And that, that's hey, who's your favorite strategy. Republican? Hmm? Who's your favorite Republican candidate? I would say Mitt Romney is the Republican who I think would have the best chance to resonate among moderates and independents in America. And let me be clear, whoever is the next president is not going to be the next president by wrapping up evangelicals and Christian fundamentalists, and he's not going to be or she is not going to be the next president by wrapping up anti-war leftists and far left. It's the middle in America that counts, and you're going to, all of you are getting excited about Rudy Giuliani, but Laura Ingram, a conservative commentator, said that Pat Robinson's going to, going to uh, Pat Robinson is going to uh, a far off that that Rudy train makes fall around 65 miles an hour. Why? Because Rudy is though he's talking the way you want to hear him talk now is going to have to move back to the center. And remember, he started from the left of the center. So so that's an issue. And and so with that in mind, I think Mitt Romney he has that Kennedy look, and that's important in American politics. He's been very successful. He's proven his experience in leadership. And of the Republicans, he's the only one that can bring one family up on the stage. All right, you're listening to Jerry Johnson live. We're talking to Carl. Jeffers. He has his own syndicated radio show on fire with Carl Jeffers, and he's an editorial contributor to the Huffington Post, the Seattle Times, and he's a regular here, especially to talk about Democrat analysis. Carl, I want to go back to something, though, uh, that happened in that last debate when Governor Spitzer proposed these driver's licenses for illegal aliens or some kind of uh, ID card. Today, here is Governor Spitzer on his withdrawal of the proposal. I have concluded that New York State cannot successfully address this problem on its own. I am announcing today that I am withdrawing my proposal. Now, Carl, I've got a few questions here. Uh, the governor says he has concluded that New York can't do this alone. I cannot imagine that he would not have thought about that before he made the proposal. And I am thinking, and I think most Americans are thinking, the reason this proposal is not getting traction and has no chance of success is that the American people won't buy it. They won't even buy it in New York, which is a fairly moderate to liberal state. Now, here's my question to you. Two days after that debate, Hillary Clinton knew that she had to come down with definition, and she says, I do support it. Now, today, I'm looking at a release which says, Clinton says no to licenses for illegals. Now, she did that in the debate. She said yes and no. Now she has done this with press releases. She says, well, now that he's backing down, I don't support it. What do you say to that? Well, you're going to have to say the same thing to Rudy Giuliani, who says, I personally support a woman's right to choose, but in order to satisfy your base, he's saying, but as president, I will support Supreme Court candidates who are, in fact, uh, in, in favor of, uh, of, of, of pro-life uh, amendments. So it's the same thing. What Hillary Clinton said was that I personally support it. It's a good idea. And in fact, at the debate, Jerry, if you remember, she said the reason why Governor Spitzer is proposing this is because we have failed at the federal level to come up with a program to deal with this. And she's absolutely right. Your listeners do not want to, and in Texas, you have a real problem, just like we have in California and Florida. You're driving down the LBJ freeway, and somebody runs into you. You can talk all you want about the intellectual aspects of being opposed to this, but the reality is... 
someone who's an illegal could be driving, hit you on the LBJ freeway, and you have no way of knowing who they are, where to get them, and if they... Well, that they're... won't make any difference, Carl, because they won't have a bank account, and I can't sue them if they're not a citizen. I can't bring them to license, court. They could at least be required <laughs> to have some kind well, of... Well, let's move on to one other question, Carl, sure. and that is... Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Wolf Blitzer is not a partisan, and he, he came out today and said, wait a minute. Uh, Hillary's camp is sending us these memos saying, you know, let's not have any personal questions from Mrs. Clinton. Let's stay on the issues. And Wolf Blitzer has said if if the Clintons think that these Democrats are being tough against Hillary, wait until we have general election debates. What do you think of Wolf making that statement? Well, well, I, I think that, listen, I think the entire media uh, has has been self-serving in trying to play up the differences and heighten the importance of the debates because it helps them with the ratings. The fact is, uh, Tim Russert uh, is the same way. Every debate is the most crucial, the most critical. <laughs> right. This is a defining moment. There's so many of them, Jerry. How can you have a defining moment every three days? You know. So I expect Wolf to try to continue to to position himself as being uh, uh, as as equally uh, impartial and objective and still proselytizing his own view. Carl, we got to go. We'd hope to have you back maybe after these debates for further analysis. Look forward to it. A delight to be here with your listeners today. All right. Thank you so much. Well, Penna, later in the program, we're going to talk uh, to Judge Paul Pressler mm-hmm. about the Republican field. And again, this show isn't principally about politics, but it's about the intersection of politics and the Christian worldview, medicine in the Christian worldview, entertainment in the Christian worldview. So I want to be very clear here to say, you know, what we're really concerned about is candidates that would reflect a Christian worldview, not just in their profession or denominational affiliation uh, or even them being, quote, Christian, but are they going to govern? It's the policies they support. Christianly. Are they going to govern with respect to the sanctity of innocent human life. Mm-hmm. I learned something this week that years ago, Dennis Kucinich was pro-life. He was. He used to be principally pro-life. Al Gore used to be pro-life. Bill Clinton. At one point, Bill Clinton was pro-life. And there have been other pro-life Democrats like Bob Casey. Mm-hmm. Not the, and the current one is moderately pro-life, but his father was staunchly pro-life. But it is a shame tonight that none of those Democrats on that stage tonight are principally pro-life. And that is a shame that that party offers no pro-life option. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Penn Dexter. We're here at Criswell College. Coming up, the untold story of traitors, saboteurs, and the party of surrender. Shadow Warriors. We're going to talk about patriotism in a time of war. We are at war. And uh, are there enemies within the camp? Later, Judge Paul Pressler talking about Fred Thompson's candidacy and his federalism strategy for the sanctity of human life and for marriage. Will conservatives buy into that? Later, follow up on your town hall questions. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. 
Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. This war is lost. All right, that's the leader of the U.S. Senate, Harry Reid. He says... This war is lost. We have thousands of men and women risking their lives, many dying, and he says this is a lost cause. Is that patriotic? Here is former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich responding to that kind of talk. No one in World War II would have talked like Senator Reid. It would have been absolutely unthinkable. Okay, Newt Gingrich saying basically, look, this is un-American, this is unpatriotic, and it's an undermining not only of the commander-in-chief, not only of the generals who are out there, but of the rank-and-file soldiers. Uh, this is so demoralizing to our troops and emboldens the enemy. And when people like Ted Kennedy say, you know, this is a Vietnam, uh, does he mean to fulfill that prophecy? Penna. Let's talk about it. You know, I find it very interesting that with so much progress in Iraq now, you don't see much on the front page about it. It's buried in the back of the paper. And there is a contingent of people in government who oppose President Bush so strongly that I think they really are undermining the uh, effort in Iraq. And with us to talk about that and a lot more is Ken Timmerman. And Ken Timmerman has written so many books. Uh, oh, and he's not with us yet. <laughs> he's uh, going to be with us. Yeah. But uh, I can tell you what we ought to do. We ought to listen to some more of these folks who are saying the kinds of things mm -hmm. that I think do undermine the effort. So let's listen to Senator Kennedy just now. Senator Kennedy on the war. He's the problem, not the solution. Iraq is George Bush's Vietnam, and this country needs a new president. All right. So I wonder what the al-Qaeda leadership think Mm -hmm. when they hear a U.S. senator make that kind of statement. Does it embolden them? Let's talk about it now. Well, I'm sure it does. And, you know, it's very well known that not everybody in government uh, loves President Bush. But uh, this uh, next guest, Ken Timmerman, who's with us now, says it goes well beyond just disagreement over policy and that there's some sort of a shadow army within government. Ken Timmerman uh, has written many, many books. As I said before, he's uh, written the New York Times bestseller, Countdown to Crisis, among uh, many others. And in 2006, he was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize for his work uh, on reporting on Iraq's nuclear weapons program. Mm. Ken, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, uh, Penneth. 
thank you, uh, Jerry. It's a pleasure to be with you. You've got a new book out called Shadow Warriors, and what it really does is talk about people in government, people in uh, congressional staffs, the CIA, and other areas of government who, in a sense, all oppose President Bush so strongly that they're working to undermine him. Well, that's right, and they have uh, been, uh, they have burrowed their way deep into government uh, over the years. Many of these folks uh, were, in fact, holdovers from the Clinton administration, uh, and they burrowed into government uh, deep beneath the political appointees. Uh, in some cases, they, they, they laid low, they, they uh, uh, made sure that nobody noticed them until they were able to derail uh, the Bush administration, either in Iraq or with its intelligence plans or whatever. Uh, but they're extensive. They're, they're all over the place. In the Pentagon, for example, you have a uh, the, the actual building of the Pentagon is about 23,000 employees. Uh, the administration runs that building with just 270 um, political appointees. In many cases, uh, among those 270, uh, this administration has allowed Democrats to stay in some of those political jobs, which is uh, unbelievable. And, Kenneth, what about the State Department? I think there are a lot of Americans that don't realize... Uh, the nature of the State Department. <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't want to tar everybody with the same brush, but uh, the, the State Department, uh, you know, what is their job? Their job is to, is to talk and to talk and to go to cocktail parties and to negotiate. <laughs> uh, their job is not to manage things, such as the reconstruction of Iraq. Uh, their job is not to... Uh, to put together an, an international coalition. They don't do that very well. And their job is not to deal with intelligence. But they've tried to do all of those things uh, under this administration uh, many times, not because that's what the president wanted them to do, but because they wanted to get involved in those areas to undermine the president's policy. Iraq is a case of point. The State Department uh, bureaucracy. Now, I don't mean Colin Powell, and I don't mean the political appointees there. I mean the folks who had burrowed in, the shadow warriors of the State Department, did their level best to, uh, first of all, to head off the war in Iraq, to allow Saddam to remain in power, and to build weapons of mass destruction. They didn't mind if that went on, uh, because they didn't think that the Iraqis were capable of freedom, or deserving of freedom. And once the war did take place, they did their level best to make sure it failed. Uh, and that well, Ken, let me jump in on that, because I notice one of the things in your book uh, talks about the fact that, of course, they sold the war through weapons of mass destruction, and then all of a sudden we're saying, well, they weren't there, we can't find them. But they really were there, and the State Department sort of had to cover that up? Well, and just about everybody. And, uh, yeah, I, I'll give you an example. When um, our troops were headed towards Baghdad in uh, uh, early April of 2003, they stumbled upon a cache uh, in a buried bunker of 55-gallon oil drums uh, uh, full of agricultural chemicals. That's how they were labeled. And in fact, they were toxic chemicals that were ingredients for nerve gas, right? But mm -hmm. they were labeled agricultural chemicals. They didn't have a yellow skull and crossbones on them, so they weren't weapons of mass destruction. Well, the irony is that there was a CNN film crew who was in the vicinity, uh, and they very nearly got themselves um, uh, contaminated uh, by these highly toxic chemicals. Uh, and yet, agricultural chemicals. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, agricultural <laughs> chemicals, yes, not, no, and, and, but didn't report on it. It was a non-story. We found hundreds of tons of this stuff, and it was a non-story. You know, when people think weapons of mass destruction, they're thinking uh, rockets, 
stacked up in, in warehouses ready to go or artillery shells, stuff like that. That's not what it looks like. It looks like 55-gallon drums full of chemicals. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Kenneth Timmerman. He's written the book Shadow Warriors, the untold story of traitors, saboteurs, and the party of surrender, the party of surrender. Kenneth, I want you to listen to Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. The American people have lost faith in President Bush's course of action in Iraq, and they are demanding a new direction. All right, that's the leader of really the Democrat Party right now, Nancy Pelosi, and certainly of of the Congress. And um, she is not very patriotic in uh, the in terms of the war effort, but you actually document in this book um, far more serious uh, instances where senators or congressmen. Uh, are leaking national security information to undermine the war effort. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, and that's that's really the thesis of Shadow Warriors is that there is a there is a uh, an effort across the government uh, in the in in Congress in the Senate uh, in the Defense Department at CIA at the State Department an underground resistance movement within the U.S. government uh, after George W. Bush's election to undermine his presidency and subvert his policies, uh, even if it meant uh, uh, compromising highly classified intelligence operations uh, that in turn could lead to the deaths of Americans. They didn't care. The partisan political gain was the most important thing. It was not the national interest. Kenneth Timmerman is author of Shadow Warriors. Thank you for being with us, and we encourage folks to go get this book. You know, I, I want our listeners right now just to, to turn the clock back uh, just a couple of months ago, and I think uh, we really need to listen to National Intelligence Director Mike McConnell. You, why is this important? Why is this discussion important? Listen to the Director of National Intelligence. My biggest concern is going back to September 10th thinking by many in our country. You know, Penna, uh, this man is aware of what the evildoers are up to, the director of national intelligence. And he knows the reality of al-Qaeda and Hamas and Fatah and um, the Holy Land Foundation here in Richardson. He knows the big picture. He knows all the details. And he says, my concern is that we're going back to a September 10th mindset. And I want to remind our listeners what was going on on September 10th. And that was partisan politics in Washington, D.C. And that was the Republicans, the Democrats, doing everything they could to really distort the news to gain political advantage. That's business as usual in Washington. And... Um, after September 11, though, we saw a uniting of the parties really around defending the country, supporting the commander-in-chief, supporting the troops, supporting any war effort that's necessary. And it seemed like for six months to a year, um, it was not business as usual in Washington, D.C., and there was a coalescing around you know, a national purpose of securing the country. But... Uh, this Shadow Warriors book, I think, reveals that um, among Congress, Senate, State Department, and even Pentagon employees, there has been a reversion to a pre-September 11 mindset, a September 10 mindset. And I, I have to say, when I hear these um, Democrat candidates particularly talk like they've been talking in the debates, I'm sure they're going to hit it again tonight. And um, it is it is a demoralizing 
we believe in freedom of speech, but for them to want to be leaders or the commander-in-chief, I find that fascinating. And uh, right now, um, the Democrat leadership on the House, uh, on the Hill, has said, you know, we're only going to fund the troops if we begin to pull them back in 30 days. Um, what kind of message does that send al-Qaeda, the people fighting us in Iraq? Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about problems, really, on the Republican side of the aisle. There's mass confusion. Who will evangelicals, conservatives support? Should it be Thompson? Should it be Huckabee? Um, Should it be Giuliani? That's what Pat Robertson has done. He's endorsed Rudy Giuliani. We're going to ask Judge Paul Pressler when we come back. And we're going to go back to the town hall last night. We've got some of your questions in the last segment. Does God still speak today? Is there continuing revelation? We're going to talk about that. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. It is my pleasure to announce my support for a mayor, America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani. All right, that's Pat Robertson, pro-life, pro-family guy, but endorsing Rudy Giuliani. Is it too soon for that? Well, to talk about it, my next guest is Judge Paul Pressler, former first vice president of the Southern Baptist Convention, retired justice from the 14th Court of Appeals in Texas. I had a chance to speak with him at the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention in Arlington earlier this week. Here is that interview. A lot of folks who are Christian who are evangelical and conservative, want to see pro-life, pro-family candidates emerge. And it seems like the Republican Party is the only place for those in recent years. But uh, some Christian leaders have been expressing a disappointment with uh, front runners and saying, well, maybe they would want a third party candidate. I guess this is my question for you. Isn't it a little early for us to be talking about third-party candidates when we have a field with a lot of possibles, how would you counsel and encourage Christians or evangelicals to get involved in the political process and to make a difference between now and um, these um, first uh, primaries? I think you're abs- it is absolutely correct that this is too early to start thinking about a third party. Some of my friends are thinking about it, and I made a study the other day of the last 150 years of third parties in the United States. Every one of them failed, and every th- one of them accomplished that which was counter to what they set out to accomplish. I think the most glaring example is Ralph Nader in 1992 took um, votes in New Hampshire that would have turned New Hampshire for uh, Al Gore and uh, he would have won the presidency if it hadn't been found later there. Same thing happened in Florida. Pat Buchanan took 18,000 votes away from George Bush there, which would have cost the election if Pat, if uh, Ralph Nader had not taken 100,000 votes away from, from Al Gore. So in every situation, it's been counterproductive. And uh, I urge people to get active in the party of their choice and try to get a nominee of that party that is worthy of support. 
Well, let's go to the Republican Party for a minute. Uh, Rudy Giuliani has been recognized as the front runner, and many people were surprised that Pat Robertson would endorse him so early in the process. A lot of people have felt like, well, if it came down to Pat, uh, to uh, Rudy and Hillary, maybe uh, they would vote for the lesser of two evils. But this early in the process, I mean, Pat is the founder of the Christian Coalition, pro-life, pro-family. Why do you think he's endorsing Rudy so early? And what's your view of that endorsement? I do not understand it. I think it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Let me tell you a story. There was a very prominent lawyer here in Houston, in Texas. He was in Austin. Uh, outstanding man that was probably the most powerful man in Texas. The two of us were having lunch together one day. He took me under his wing and was wonderful to me. And he said to me, he said, I have a young lawyer working for me. He was brilliant. He made me lots of money. He was attractive. He came from a good family. I fired him yesterday. And so I asked him, well, why did you fire him? He said, well, I found out that he was cheating on his wife. And if he's cheating on his wife today, he'll be cheating on me tomorrow. Now, this is not a person who is necessarily a Christian. But that is a standard. And if he's cheating on his wife today, he'll be cheating on me tomorrow. Now, this is not a person who is necessarily a Christian, but that is a standard. And I think that when we have a lack of morality in candidates on sexual issues, we're going to have a lack of integrity on other issues. And so I think that we need to look for a candidate who will stand firmly in his personal life on good moral principles. And I cannot understand at this stage of ga- in the game compromising something that is extremely important. This is Jerry Johnson Live. I'm talking to Judge Paul Prester, former first vice president of the Southern Baptist Convention. He's also served as a trustee on the International Mission Board and the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, He's also written a book about uh, Texas politics, the Texas regulars. Judge Prester, we're uh, talking here about these Republican primary candidates. A lot of people were thinking Fred Thompson could be the candidate with gravitas, who's conservative. But he surprised folks in the last couple of weeks uh, on the pro-family issue. He has said he doesn't believe we should go for a constitutional amendment defining marriage. He wants that to go to the states. And uh, he is proposing an amendment that uh, would mean that each state's definition um, would would not be imposed on other states. And so he, he is wanting states to be able to define marriage, but he's not looking for the national definition. And then even more surprising on uh, Roe Wade. He wants Roe versus Wade overturned. He wants that to go back to the states. and uh, But he's not for a constitutional amendment uh, to ban abortion nationwide. So he's going with federalism, states' rights. What's your view on that tactic? He is pro-life, no doubt about it, but that's a tactic, that's a strategy. Do you think that works for conservatives? I do not think it works. I think that it is an issue that has ramifications far beyond state borders. Uh, I am a state's writer. Uh, I believe in federalism. Uh, But we had some unpleasantness about 150 years ago that decided some of those issues. And the result of it was a constitutional amendment to outlaw slavery. Mm. What if the 
constitutional amendment said, well, each state can make up its own mind as to whether we have slavery or not. And that is something that would cross state borders and its ramifications. Same with the uh, homosexual marriage, uh, because if you could go from one state to another to have a homosexual marriage, and I hate to even use the term, then um, that destroys the integrity of the marriage system in the state that does not authorize it. So so likewise with abortion. If you have a state that um, protects life, then all that a person has to do is go across the border into the next state, which allows the destruction of life, then um, that's not workable. So even as between with the 14th Amendment and the 13th Amendment, that just isn't a workable situation. Now, on most things, we need to protect states' rights. But you've gone into an area where states cannot have a conflict and have a working situation. Judge Prester, finally, uh, there's some other candidates that folks are thinking about. Mitt Romney's running high and strong, particularly in the primary states. And uh, then Mike Huckabee's been surging. Any thoughts you have on um, the field handicapping those people or others? What's your view on the Republican field right now? There is no perfect candidate, and this is certainly a year when that was true. I worked in the Goldwater campaign, although I served in elected office as a Democrat for 25 years. I'm a Republican now, and I don't know of any Democrat I could possibly vote for because of their moral stance or their anti-moral stance. And uh, I'm very concerned about the Republican field. I remember working for Robert Taft. I worked hard for, um, for Ronald Reagan. These were people that stood for something and had great moral principles. Uh, I'm very concerned about Giuliani. I'm very concerned about um, about John McCain because he seems to go back and forth on various issues. I have met with Mitt Romney. I'm extremely impressed with him as a person. But there are a lot of people that aren't going to vote for him because of his Mormonism. I am not among those because I do not think I would not give a religious test for holding office, and I think he's a person of integrity. But you want a candidate that will be electable and viable. I think Mike Huckabee has good theology. I do not know anything that he did to help the conservative movement uh, in the Southern Baptist Convention when he was a Southern Baptist pastor, and that disturbs me. Um, Fred Thompson, I thought, was the great white hope, knight on shining armor. I am concerned about these recent statements that you cite. So I am a very unhappy camper at the present time, and I'm waiting for somebody to do something very much that is correct. Uh, I think that if either Giuliani or Romney gets the nomination, we'll see Mike Huckabee as the vice presidential nominee because he uh, is the one that makes up for the lack uh, in this uh, acceptance of either of those candidacies. So I'm sitting back. I'm officially impacting Thompson at the present time. Uh, Hopefully he'll get his act together, but uh, I'm still waiting to see. All right, that's Judge Paul Pressler on the Republican field of candidates. Well, were you at the town hall last night? Did you listen to the town hall last night, the battle for truth? Beware of false prophets. Penna, you were there. What did you think? 
I was there. I thought people had awesome questions. I thought the uh, folks that were waiting in line for me, because I had the microphone, just made the show last night. They had so many great questions. And of course, we had uh, you there, and we had three pastors that gave great answers. Well, you know, we've kept these questions open by email, and we've been flooded with some of those. And we're going to begin in the next segment to cover a couple of those. We've got questions here. Um, it seems to me those who give answers are conservative and right-wingers. I think they think Jesus would have been a Republican. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. Also, does God still speak to us today? Continuing Revelation. What about the Masons and the Shriners? We had that question. And a lot of talk about Bill Hybels and Rick Warren. Many more emails coming in. Now, if you want to ask a question, I might take one or two, 800-881-9270, a question you would have asked last night or a reaction to the town hall, 800-881-9270. Also, I'll tell you when we come back how you can get the two-CD set of the town hall meeting. I'll also tell you when we're going to rebroadcast the town hall, the battle for truth, beware of false prophets, and we'll answer that question was Jesus a Republican? If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. All right, were you at the town hall last night? We're going to take a couple of those email questions in just a minute. We've got a caller on the line. Keith Lewis calls in to comment on uh, our previous interview with Judge Pressler. Keith, welcome to the program. What do you think? Well, Dr. Johnson, you know that I love Paul Pressler as much as any person on this <laughs> earth. He led me to Christ 30-something years ago. Wow, what a testimony. my absolute best friend on earth, and we've had many conversations on this. And I just wanted to offer the listeners a slightly different take on this. You're going to disagree with the judge? <laughs> yes. I will. What do you think, I, we agreement in that we've started out kind of supporting Thompson, but I'm not. I'm afraid he's not going to get it together. And as I listen to and I and I visited with Mike Huckabee, and I see the real rise there, I'm just concerned that ever. You know, so many people talk about we need to support somebody that's electable. I think if everybody would say, you know, if Mike Huckabee is a guy that loves the Lord Jesus Christ and has stood tall with the issues of life unwavering. Romney is flip-flop once he's for, then he's against, now he's back again. And so I think that if we really look at who is straight and true on the issue of life, and nothing is more important than that, 
a man that was a governor for 10 years. He can speak to the media. He can be a Christian and be asked the tough questions, and he doesn't wiggle out of them, and he actually doesn't even say anything stupid like, like even I'm prone to do it at times in this. So with experience, I think that we ought to take a good, hard look at, at what is happening and the miracle that's happening in Mike Huckabee. Well, he certainly surged. The media, uh, they have really flocked around him in the last two or three weeks, and he's received several key endorsements. Well, Jerry, he really is, and and I know that there are some large organizations that are well-funded, that are pumping polling dollars and issue dollars behind Huckabee, and there, this is this is not anything that's just really strange that just happened. There's a reason that this is happening, and his whole background, even running for lieutenant governor, was a miracle in itself. Well, and his his I just think this is something we need to take a really hard look at. And here's the question. Here's the here's what happens in my mind. I look fast forward, and if I imagine Mitt Romney, the Capitol, where I have watched presidents be sworn in before. And if he gets sworn in on the Book of Mormon, all we've done is legitimize a contender of the faith, a mm. clear cult religion that is not Christian, as much as, as my Mormon friends try to convince me that they are. Mm. We've now legitimized a cult. If people are swept into Mormonism as if it is Christian, then the children and the babies of those kids go to hell. And I think that even the babies that were aborted are going to heaven. So I think this is a bema seat judgment issue, Jerry. And, I, you know, you're the theologian, so uh, that's my thought. You correct me, but this <laughs> is what, this is the struggle I have deep down inside. Is we've well, got a God-fearing man that is not a flip-flopper, and I just think the time at the primary is for us to support where our conscience is, and let's let the Lord deal with electability. Hey, thanks for those thoughts, Keith. I will say this. I've not endorsed anybody on this program, not planning to right now, but you know, uh, I will say this. Uh, our callers consistently have been in a majority for mm-hmm. Huckabee, Pen. Have you noticed that? I've certainly noticed that. They have. Well, I will say one thing about electability, because I think it is important. And I think if you took Romney and Huckabee next to each other, they're attractive candidates, but there are just enough Christians and activists that don't want to elect a Mormon that I'm not so sure he could be elected against a Hillary or a Barack mm-hmm. Obama. Uh, on the other hand, Mike Huckabee is such a great debater, and he's so winsome, and he appeals to such a broad spectrum of people. I'm not of the you know trying to be the booster for him, but I right. just see him as being electable against a Democrat. Well, let's move on to our town hall. You know, mm-hmm. but we are going to feature these candidates again before the primaries, one per day. That is our idea to have a whole show on each candidate. Well, <clears throat> were you at the town hall last night? The battle for truth. Beware of false prophets. We're glad uh, if you came. In a minute, we'll talk about how you can get that two CD set. But Penna, let's try to answer a couple of email questions. We had people emailing additional questions, and let's hit it. Okay, this one's from Pat, and uh, Pat was talking about Christian Talk Radio which uh, Pat says is mostly right-wing, and goes ahead and says, I think they think that Jesus would have been a Republican. So I guess the question is, would he? Would Jesus have been a Republican? Well, look, I would never say Jesus is a Republican or would have been a Republican, but I will say this, Jesus is pro-life. Jesus is pro-heterosexual marriage, not homosexual marriage. Mm -hmm. So inasmuch as Jesus is pro-life, 
and Jesus is pro-marriage, if you're going to vote like Jesus would vote, I think you need to keep those issues at the forefront. And there is one party right now who says, this is our position on life. There is another party which says, this is our position on abortion. And right now, the official position of the Democrat Party is pro-choice, effectively pro-abortion. The official position of the Republican Party is pro-life. And if you believe that unborn children are made in God's image and have a right to life according to Scripture and according to the Declaration of Independence, then how could you compromise on life? What could be more important than life? And I want to say, if the Republican Party nominates Giuliani, if he becomes the titular head of the party and he takes the pro-life plank out of the platform, then the Republican Party does not deserve the support of evangelical Christians in any way or to think that they should have the upper hand. So, no, Jesus is not a Republican, but Jesus is pro-life. Jesus is pro-marriage. Next question. Let's hit it. Next question is from Paul. And he asked, does God really speak to us today? Well, God speaks to us in many ways. He speaks to us as we pray, as we read Scripture, and there is illumination. But I think where this question comes from is there are false prophets out there. Uh, There are false prophets saying, God spoke to me and I have a word for you. And this is extra-biblical revelation And they say it in such a way, and they even use King James English, uh, that this is to be written, you know, uh, write the vision, make it plain. And they, they, they believe in additional new revelation. And when you look at Hebrews 1, God, who at various times in different ways spoke in time past unto the fathers through the prophets, hath in these last days spoken by his son. The picture there is this. Yes, in the Old Testament. Yes, during the minor prophets. Yes, up until Jesus, there were these different kinds, different ways of God speaking. But you get a sense of finality when you read Hebrews 1, that God's final word is Jesus Christ. And Jesus promised his disciples that the Holy Spirit would bring to their remembrance everything that Jesus said. And you know, the early church had a standard of canonicity for the Gospels, and that was who really knew Jesus, who saw him resurrected. Those are the inspired text, those alone. How can people get that CD, Penna? They can do it by calling 817-299-4247. It's for $10. Again, the number is 817-299-4247. That's the Town Hall CD. Next week, your comments, maybe tomorrow, on Warren and Hybels and Willow Creek. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.